Glory to God. Bless and exalt Him above all forever. What a joyous, resounding words we heard from the angel. He is not here. He's been raised up and He's gone ahead of you. I can't help but think about Jerusalem mountains this morning and how beautiful it was. And and what's always striking to me is the reading from Ezekiel about them dry bones. And how God took Ezekiel out into the valley and made him walk all through the valley and showed him all the bones. Too numerous to count. He told him to prophesy and the bones started to come together rattling, and sinew and tissue began to be put on. He prophesied again, and the winds, the spirit from four directions came and gave them new life. Ezekiel tells us this is the bringing together of Jerusalem that has been scattered, but it's certainly a foreshadowing of tonight, of the rising of our Lord from the tomb. We see what great power God has. He had forgiven our sins, the sin of Adam and Eve, our ancestral curse from the cross. And that sin which brought about death has now itself been done away with. No longer is there death. No longer does it have any power over man. What once was death eternal is now death temporal, just for a short period of time. Our God became man that we might become God. Our God became a servant so that we could be free. Our God who led the Israelites across the Red Sea, our God who led the Israelites through the desert and gave gave them the promised land, is the same God who rose from the dead. And now He is leading us from this life to the life that is to come. No longer is there a barrier between us and God. That barrier of sin and death has been destroyed. Now at the right hand of the Father is the one who perpetually forgives us. And when we seek forgiveness, we are participating in that flowing of the blood of forgiveness from Christ. No longer do we have to fear death. Death is just merely a fall for us, a falling asleep a preparation for the time when we will be fully united with our Lord. God has done such a marvelous thing that our only response is one of joy and one of praise. It's too large and too deep to fathom. But we can, in our own way, express What's unfathomable? What's too deep? 
by living our lives with joy. Because now we have a purpose. No longer are we going to end in an eternal Sheol, in a shady darkness of hopelessness where there is nothing. But now we will rise to new life, the sons and daughters of God. Our Lord on the cross cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you taken from me? They were, the people thought he was calling on Elijah, but he was quoting Psalm 21. And if you read Psalm 21, it explains everything we went through these next few, last few days to tonight. It talks about the suffering one, how they counted all his bones, how they looked up at him and wagged their head, how they cast lots for his clothing. But you get about halfway through it, and all of a sudden becomes a song of praise of all that God has done and a reminder that we are to tell all generations of the glorious things He's accomplished for you and for I. It's as if in the middle of the song there was suddenly a quickening. And we felt that quickening tonight in the gospel when there was a rumbling and the stone moved rolled away and the guards fell down like dead men. There was a quickening so powerful in God and Jesus that when He rose, it affected those nearby that had died because Scripture says that many rose with Him. What power does our God have over death? What power does our God have over sin? What power does our God have in His love for you and for I? We are called now to live our lives as joy, not as one who are losing the battle, but one in which the battle has already been won. Christ is risen, and we rise with Him. Yesterday we were buried with Him, but today we rise with Him. So the gospel tells us now what to do. We are to go off in haste. We're to go off in joy, and we're to proclaim the good news of what Christ has done for us. The good news that we're not held captive to death. The good news that our sins have been forgiven by the cross. The good news that we are made sons and daughters of God. Nay, we are made partakers of the divine nature. Not only did He restore what had been damaged before in the garden. If you recall the parable of the prodigal son, the prodigal son was restored. Everything he had, but what God did was one-up it. He not only restored us, but elevated us in the process. This is a God of love of God that knows our sinfulness, but His love is overshadowing all of that. A God that wants to be united with you and with I. And, only, and to have that uniting 
sin had to be forgiven, and death had to be destroyed. And now we rise with Him. And we sing with joyous hearts as we continue tonight and into the morrow, giving glory to God, exalting Him and blessing Him above all forever. Because our God that that overcame all the enemies of the Hebrews, our God that protected the three youths in the furnace, is the same God that is overseeing you and I. The same God that has forgiven our sins. And the same God that is raising us from the dead. We are freed. Nothing binds us left. We can lose everything. But we will never lose His love for us. We can lose everything. But we will never lose the heavenly kingdom as long as our hearts long to be united with Him. This is the joy of the gospel. This is the joy of the resurrection. Go out and share it with the world. Ring the bells. Proclaim on the rooftops that Christ is risen. The angels have been announcing And we are called to do likewise like the women. Now let us go to Galilee, where he will meet us, as he said. Because Christ is no longer in the tomb. He's up, and he's ready to meet us and take us on the rest of our journey into the kingdom.